only 4% of universities in the U.S. are R1 research institutions, and Temple University is one of them. This means 100% of students have the opportunity to participate in hands-on learning and research with world-class faculty. With over 600 academic programs across 17 schools and colleges, Philadelphia's largest public university provides students with a rich variety of opportunities and propels graduates to succeed in their careers. Temple University. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Today on the Main Source of Truth podcast, we're going to speak to Dr. Elena Fishbein from No Left Turn in Education. I was once part of this organization, and although Elena and I have had some ups and downs, we remain partnered in the fight against evils of the nation's K-12 educational system in our own way. I'll give a few updates on what I've been up to and provide you some info to hopefully keep you pushing forward against what's happening to our children. All right, that was Shine Down. This is the Main Source of Truth podcast. Search for the show on Facebook and give us a like. I'm your host, Sean McBriarty. Follow me on Twitter, True Social, and YouTube. We're working hard to keep the truth alive, and we'd love to have you donate at GiveSendGo slash Sean McBriarty, PayPal, or Venmo. Now, on to the show. All right, this is Season 1, Episode 29. Uh, Elena and I were supposed to do this last week, but uh, we had some scheduling conflicts. So today's August 2nd, 2022. As we record this, I'll probably punch this out on the 3rd. Uh, Dr. Elena Fishbein, no left turn. Listen, July is over. And with that, parents here in Maine have one month to develop a plan to pull their kids out of these schools. It's biblically bad, folks. And I've been telling you this for months. In fact, I guess it's probably almost been a year now. If you're listening to this and you don't know, you don't have a plan to change your kids, your child's education, just leap out of the plane. There will be people there to catch you. Homeschooling, in my opinion, is the way to go. So a Bible verse, Romans twelve nineteen, do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath for it is written, it is mine to avenge. I will repay, says the Lord. Now, again, this is interesting for me as I've had, you know, revenge in my heart uh, for the way that my family has been treated during the past two years, how I've been treated by the left and frankly, some of the members of those supposed right in the last two years. But I need to remember there's a higher power in mind. And uh, I suppose then maybe the best revenge is a dish served cold, but served by the Lord. So a few updates. Um, again, I mentioned I was going to do this podcast last week. I can't remember if I spoke to these things or not, but it's been crazy. Uh, I had a routine medical procedure last week, and that kind of put me out of commission for a day. But the uh, RSU 22 lawsuit story that, again, uh, the judge ruled in our favor here initially uh, was updated by uh, the Washington Free Beacon. Great piece of reporting by Elizabeth Troutman. Then, uh, interestingly, Dinesh D'Souza, somebody I follow, tweeted out uh, and uh, put on his Facebook site the article referencing the lawsuit. 
which had the headline slap across their totalitarian faces, which I thought was great. And then the Yoda in this space, Dr. James Lindsay, who was thrown off Twitter last week for using the term groomer. Uh, you know, I think now his profile might say America's top Christian nationalist. Um, and uh, that's true. Um, I guess I'm probably in that same category, at least for Maine. Uh, I love God and love our country. So if you want to call me a Christian nationalist, um, then so be it. So Dr. Lindsay retweeted some facts I provided about the horrific Maine educational system. And I'm honored, sir, for you to retweet those. I hope to be able to speak to you one day. He stated the Frarian critical pedagogy has stolen education from our children. Frarian meaning the creator of critical pedagogy, Paulo uh, Friere, who believed that teachers and education should transform oppressive structures. You see, this is happening all over the state and the country right now, and it's being infiltrated by things like social, emotional learning, critical race theory, praxis, and hypersexualization of minors in these very schools. None of these divisive items belongs in a public school, and really, it's your parents. It's you. Your parent has the parent has the right to teach the children these things. Any teacher that tells you SEL isn't bad is not able to see the truth, but that's why we're here. So back to the tweet he picked up on. Uh, I stated, were you aware that only 36% of Maine fourth graders are proficient in reading? That's a fact. Uh, only 36% of Maine eighth graders are proficient in math. The Maine Department of Education, the MEA Teachers Union, and Janet Mills, the worst governor Maine has ever had, has failed an entire generation of Maine students. I also had a reporter and cameraman from Russian TV and radio company fly all the way up from Washington, D.C. to Boston, drive one uh, way four hours to interview me about the story. We filmed it right in the Reedsbrook Middle School parking lot, speaking to the First Amendment and the hypersexualization books that the main quote unquote teacher of the year, Kelsey Stoyanova, was pushing on minors, 11 year old kids in the middle school with prizes, incentives, and daily announcements. Now, um, if I have some time, I'm going to put up both videos. Uh, I took a video with my GoPro uh, and then their story, which I think was outstanding. Uh, the reporter sent me a breakdown of the translation, and uh, his uh, Russian to England English isn't perfect, but the gist of it was pretty cool. And uh, uh, Matt Walsh was in there, uh, Trump, uh, America's Governor Ron DeSantis. Um, but, you know, it's really bad that in Bangor, Maine, we need to depend on Russian news to broadcast the local news. So yesterday I stopped by Fox 22 in Bangor to speak to their VP and GM, Mike Palmer, who said he was not interested in the First Amendment and the hypersexualization of minors. So this either makes Mike a moron or a weak male or a leftist or maybe all three. So uh, Mike, not interested Palmer, is his new nickname. But Dennis and Nick from Russian TV and radio were awesome. They were well-informed. They're both fathers uh, of American-born children. I think Nick had a five and seven year old. Uh, the five year old was born here, the seven year old in Moscow. Dennis had a two year old born in the United States, and they both had concerns about what's happening. And Dennis stated he would not let his child be educated in a U.S. public school here in America. I mean, that's shocking to hear that from a Russian. Um, but that's the truth. Our school district, our school programs, our state of education in the United States is worse than Russia. Now, <laughs> you know, like, would you ever believe that that's something that would happen? But those guys put in two solid days of an effort, uh, big time travel. And again, I can't get local TV stations to drive 10 minutes to speak uh, to the story. So uh, Mike, not interested, Palmer, the VP and general manager of Fox 22 in Bangor. His number is 207-945-6457, extension 3101. If you'd like to give Mike, not interested, Palmer, a piece of your mind. Also, uh, last night, the Herman School Board meeting, they were showing their full-on clown show, and more on that later in the week. 
So getting back to Elaine, I'm, I'm glad to have her on. Uh, I wanted to give the listeners some backstory on our relationship. I had a talk with Elena sometime shortly after her appearance on Tucker Carlson back in September 16th of 2020 when I was having my own issues in MSED 51 Cumberland, Maine, who was pushing critical race theory on my twins and the uh, students in the school district starting in kindergarten. When I read Elena's letter to her local school administration, it was like it was my words on her page. Her issues were so similar to mine, I couldn't exactly remember how we got to speak, but a few phone calls later, she wanted me to join No Left Turn in Education. And we stuck, you know, struck up a friendship, comrades in arms, and I became the main director for the organization as a volunteer. And I created and ran the main chapter Facebook group, getting it up to about 500 followers, and began speaking to other parents across the state of Maine, bringing people uh, awareness to the situations and the organization. Uh, when the whole deal came to head with the lying narcissist Jeff Porter not allowing me to go to my senior twin daughter's high school graduation in Cumberland, Elena got me booked on the Tucker Carlson show. And the funny part was, I remember that was on a Tuesday, and um, I did a podcast on my Tuckerversary that you can check out. But Elena got quite, quite wound up, and uh, we were speaking about, uh, I'm trying to think how this all worked. I think I was trying to mow my lawn. I turned my phone off, turned my phone back on to listen to the Dan Bongino podcast, and Elena just quickly called me. And uh, I remember her saying, hey, they, they want you on Tucker Carlson. And I said, okay, well, you know, hey, have them call me in an hour when I'm done mowing my lawn, and I'm gladly speak to them. And uh, because of her Israeli accent, I couldn't understand what she was saying, but she was pretty wound up and uh, basically yelling at me. And uh, immediately she hung up and the booker for Tucker Carlson called, and then that kind of uh, uh, began the whole process. So um, anyway, and uh, for full disclosure, uh, I chose to plead guilty to an improper influence trumped up charge, um, a, a post on a public Facebook uh uh, site in Cumberland asking the MSED 51 school board uh, member Tyler McGinley to resign for the harm she had done to the community. And it was the same time that Merrick Garland uh, was basically calling people like Elena and I domestic terrorists. So I had spoken to Elena a few times about the situation and no left turn was trying to find me legal help, but it never came. So long story short, I pled guilty to deferred disposition, which meant if I behaved myself, and I know that's hard, um, that charge would be eventually dropped, which it was recently. So I have a clean record. That was dismissed. In the meantime, a couple things happened. Um, the day I pled guilty, I didn't inform Elena of the plea and proceeded to go off the grid to our camp in the North Main Woods. And, uh, you know, a D-bag, I think I know who it was, but it's irrelevant, leaked the plea deal on Twitter. Now, Elena found out about my guilty plea via Twitter, Twitter instead of from me, and she should have heard it from me first. But this is kind of where it gets interesting. Uh, Jim, he thinks he's a hero McGinley, the husband of Tyler McGinley, the MSAD 51 school board chair who divided the communities with her white supremacist letter. Um, and again, for the record, she called everybody in the towns of Cumberland, North Yarmouth, white supremacist four times in this letter. Sent Elena threats. So Jim McGinley sent Elena a threat that if she didn't fire me from my volunteer position, he would sue them. Of course, that's complete BS. Uh, Jim really has a high opinion of himself, but unfortunately, just another liberal lost soul. So Elena ended up uh, letting me go from no left turn in education in November of 2021, a time where I really needed their support. Um, but some of that was due to the organization growing at a very fast pace and a number of new board members who I had no relationship with, had never spoken to, and may not have known that I had basically a part to play in No Left Turn in Education's growth and exposure. So suffice to say, I was disappointed, uh, and all my content has been scrubbed from their website. But listen, we learn, we live, we try to grow from our mistakes, and at the end of the day, um, I hope that uh, you know Elena and I still have a fairly sound relationship, and uh, from her 
coming on today, I believe that to be true. So I'm happy to be able to catch up with Elena and find out where no left turn in education is these days. She's the founder and president of the national grassroots movement, No Left Turn in Education. She received her bachelor's degree in social work from Hebrew University in Jerusalem and her master's at Rutgers and her doctorate at the University of Pennsylvania. She grew up in Israel and served in the Israel Defense Forces. That training's come in handy when she's taken on folks like Merritt Garland and pushing back on the educational harm taking place in schools today. She's been all kinds of national news media, Tucker Carlson multiple times, Ingraham Angle, Chris Rufo. Uh, when I passed up, just for the record, Fox, uh, which I passed up with Chris Rufo, that was kind of a funny story in itself. But she's been on Fox and Friends, Newsmax, a bunch of other radio and podcasts. And uh, she's a full-time mother of three boys, lives in the suburbs of Philly. She's a woman and proud of it. And I welcome Dr. Elena Fishbein to the Main Source of Truth podcast. So, Elena, I appreciate you making time for me, and uh, I'm glad we could catch up. It's uh, a lot's taken pla- uh, place in the last year for us. Uh, absolutely. In fact, you know, we are coming up on our anniversary. I launched the movement on August 25th with five mothers in my living room. Unfortunately, they're not active um, uh, shortly after. A lot of people, as you know, have been afraid to take the fight where you need to take it. Uh, to the people who are trying to destroy our country and poison our kids. Uh, so, uh, yeah, the last couple of years have been extremely busy uh, in fighting the radical indoctrination that has been really sweeping our country. Red states, blue states, people are not realizing that it's in every single corner in our beautiful country. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt about that. And tell me a little bit uh, how NoLeftTurn.us is the website. Um, you know what you've been up to recently, and how the organization has grown. The organization has exploded uh, since uh, I started because when I got on the scene, the national scene, as you mentioned, uh, I was lucky. Less than three weeks after I launched the movement, I was uh, on Tucker, and within a week. We got over a million people visiting our Facebook and most of them screaming for help, uh, just realizing that what I was talking about is happening in their own schools, their own homes. Uh, so at that time, we started opening chapters across the country. Now we have over 50 strong chapters in multiple, uh, multiple chapters in multiple states, at least in half of the states. And uh, there are fighting on a daily basis against uh, the policies that are, uh, you know, implemented in our schools that are indoctrinating our kids sexually and racially. Um, so this fight is a fight that we are not sitting at home in front of a computer and clicking some, you know, comments about a post. This is a fight that's where we are getting organized, going to school board uh, meetings, challenging school board members, challenging superintendents, uh, putting in their face what they are jamming down the throat of our kids, all those explicit sexual books, for example, reading it to them, and then they obviously stop the microphone because they think it's pornographic. And then we also go and we meet with legislators in many states. We present them with the model legislation uh, to ban critical race theory. In fact, we were the first organization who came up with this model legislation. You can find it also on our website. 
take it, go to your legislators and tell them to adopt it. We have been pushing on all fronts to change. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The relationship between the schools and the parents. Parents should be in the driver's seat. Now they are not even in the passenger seat. They were pushed all the way out of the car into the road. They do not want anything from the parents at the school. And we are saying, no, we are the, should be in the driver's seat. Yeah, no doubt. I, I agree with you 100%. And, uh, you know, I, I kind of caution people. People refer to these as public schools because that's kind of the nomenclature we all grew up with. But they're not public schools anymore. The public can't even go into the schools. In fact, here in uh, Hamden, where I live, the main teacher of the year, Kelsey Stoyanova, who outed this, or I outed the book list of hers here recently. Um, I, I asked three times to the administration, can I go view her uh, classroom after class or the classroom that us as taxpayers allow her to teach from? And they denied me all three times. You know, they won't allow me to go see the books that she's putting in the hands of these 11-year-old minor kids, which is just horrible. Um, you know, I think one of the things, and, and you mentioned the explosive growth, right? So in any, I guess I'd call you a small growing business, uh, a national business, you know, what are some of the growing pains, I think, trying to establish a conservative resource for those parents and taxpayers out there who are fighting against this indoctrination? Like, we could always go back and do things different, but did you learn some things from the growing pains that uh, uh, maybe you could have done a little, little different? Uh, well, yes. Uh, you know, I'm sorry I'm going to start with that point, but this is really a major issue. Um, I am really not a person that was involved in politics at all. I had my kids uh, at much later age. I married late, and I was not involved in politics. I was not involved in fundraising. I was not really active in that manner. I thought I was involved in my kids' school because I always knew What's their homework? I knew the teacher. I was always maintained contact. I always, uh, you know, if there was a problem, I uh, voiced my concerns and met with them. And here I am going uh, overnight into a national scene, into a major fight, and I have nothing, no money, nobody to really uh, help push things ahead because I'm not connected politically. I knew nobody. Um, uh, I was not doing fundraising or any kind of activities that will generate funding to support activities. So uh, it was me by myself with my two hands, my head on my shoulders, and that's it. And a wonderful husband, by the way. To have a, <laughs> Say hi to Jonathan for me. <laughs> to have a, a, an amazing, supportive uh, spouse is it's, uh, crucial. Uh, and I, I do recall when I launched the movement and one of the mothers that volunteer and put very fast a Facebook page and a, uh, and a website uh, didn't think that we need a donate button. So here I am rushing, rushing, opening chapters. People are screaming from every corner of the country and abroad. Uh, I got a lot of also contact from uh, people not living in the United States talking about this problem. 
and I have no resources to uh, do anything except phenomenal volunteers, phenomenal volunteers. I cannot say that enough because we were, we are 100% volunteers. So uh, that really was the Achilles heel and still is the lack uh, of funding to support our operation. Uh, and going back, I wish I had a donate button and asked people just to give me $5, $10, the cost of Starbucks coffee or one lunch when you go to McDonald's and uh, support our activities. Uh, later on, uh, probably about half a year later, we started seeing other organizations. And I believe other organizations that started coming up, which is wonderful. We need as many people getting involved. But those organizations, uh, I believe uh, were encouraged by the um, exposure that we give to the issue and showing that you can stand up and fight because that was the major issue of people afraid to stand up and voice their concern about what's happening to their children and fight for their children and families and communities and the nation. Yeah, so, no doubt. Uh, no doubt. I mean, I think yeah. I think that's still prevalent and it kind of comes and goes. I, I think, um, you know, here, uh, obviously, I've I've been sued by one local school district. I've sued another school district. Um, I've been involved in a couple other scuff ups. And, uh, you know, it's one of those things where, um, yeah, there is a cancel culture still. And, you know, mass noncompliance, Elena, will fix this whole thing. If we had, you know, instead of two parents standing up to the microphone, we had 25. But, it's just so hard to get uh, parents to kind of just fight for their own rights, fight for their kids. And um, I talked to somebody the other day and they said, you know, until this uh, war shows up at your doorstep, you just don't think it's going to happen. And then one day Billy comes home and wants to be called Karen. And you're like, well, what happened to my 11 year old kid? <laughs> you know what I mean? So I know, I know recently you've been working to expose Title IX, uh, where uh, the federal government, um, Joe Biden, is trying to allow uh, boys to use the girls' restrooms, even in private schools. And uh, I've got a quote here from uh, some work you've been doing with your friends at Defense of Freedom Institute. And it says, uh, no left turn in education statement on proposed Title IX rule. For 50 years, Title IX protected students from sex discrimination. Now the Biden administration is weaponizing it to inject its political ideology into our schools. No left turn in education looks forward to mobilizing our expansive grassroots network to oppose this misguided proposal and keep it from being codified into law. And that's from a quote from you. So can you tell me a little bit about what they're trying to do um, with uh, this Title IX change? They are trying to expand the definition of uh, uh, of of you know gender or sexual, so it's they explain it in a way that um, uh, it's a relay, it refers to gender uh, identity and refers to the um, uh, sexual orientation, yep. preference of the people. Yes, uh, yes, uh, gender preference, right? Exactly. That's uh, the preference. So in instead of uh, relating to the biological sex. Uh, anybody who identify themselves as uh, a man or a woman uh, would be treated accordingly. So, for example, what we saw with Leah Thomas in women's sports, just because I forgot his name, decided that he's a woman, a woman, and he was allowed to compete in women's sports, 
and obviously uh, reap the trophy from uh, women that were deserving it, uh, you know, after practicing for years uh, in the sport that they love. Uh, so that's really the expansion of the definition will allow men to be in in places where we used to see only women, bathrooms, dormitories. For example, if you go to colleges and they will assign uh, a man that identify as a woman into your dormitory. So you're going to be a woman who thinks that your roommate is going to be a woman, a biological woman, but you'll end up, they will force you to have a male who identify as a woman because this, uh, the funding of the colleges and the universities are tied to uh, following the uh, federal government's um, guidelines. Uh, so the danger here is uh, with the expansion of the definition uh, of uh, sex to include a sexual orientation and a gender uh, prefer, uh, preferences. Well, think about that uh, for a little bit. So, you know, what a travesty. So if, if again, you know, I mean, you're a mom. So think of if you, if you had a daughter and you spent, I don't know, 12, 14 years of her in the pool every single day, swimming her ass off only to get lapped by a man in the pool who has affirmed himself as a woman, you know, 462nd best male swimmer and all of a sudden dominating female sports. Why do you think that women are not standing up for their daughters or, or, or families in general? Why do you think that, you know, there's not a massive pushback? I mean, I can't imagine if my daughter, if my twins were swimming in the same pool as him, I, I would I'd be throwing a, just a total shit fit, to be honest with you. But you see, that's exactly the same problem that we confronted from the very beginning. People are afraid of the cancel culture from their own family members, from their own community, from their friends. They don't know who thinks what. So they are very concerned about the cancel culture, as well as there is the uh, uh, virtue signaling of many people. It's both not only on the, on the sexual issue, but also on the racial issue. Uh, what they term as anti-racism, ally Brahmic candy, which is pure racism. Uh, so I think that fear, uh, this is something that I understand, but I don't accept. Uh, and I think uh, what I bring to that is really my background as Jewish and Israeli. I always felt when this was happening, what's going to happen if we're going to build a ghetto? What's going to happen if we're going to hide? Is this problem going to go away or are we going to be protected? The answer to both is no. You cannot hide. You cannot build a ghetto. You cannot run away. Even when you run to Florida, it's not going to solve your problem. You know, I guess uh, some of you probably, uh, including you, Sean, saw our chapter leader in Florida, Bruce Friedman. He has been a lot on the news lately. He moved from Long Island to Florida because of all this indoctrination in his daughter's school. And guess what? He goes to Florida, and that's what he's confronted with. And he presented to the school board there one of the most atrocious, sexualized, pornographic books uh, that you could find. And in fact, the board did not let him read from the book. They stopped his microphone right away. The total hypocrisy of that proves the point. <laughs> it does. <laughs> so, uh, the, my point is also saying, if 
everywhere. So don't think you move from New York to Florida. So that's when I'm telling people have to look what your kids are, are learning. I want to stop or just like go sure. back again and say, uh, you know, um, uh, one of the things that uh, uh, people have been saying, you know, this is not happening in my school or this is not as bad. This is one thing. But the really, the real issue is when this whole thing really blew up in our face, remember that was with, uh, with the killing of, uh, in, in the May. Oh, God, look, why am I blanking? George Floyd, you're um, saying. George Floyd, exactly. Yep. I'm, I was blanking for a second. Um, when George, when this happened with George Floyd, and then we had the violent, violent summer of 2020. And uh, people were very scared. But at the same time, that was the summer of the COVID-20, uh, also of the COVID. The COVID started in middle of March 2020, which means people had too much on their plate. They were fighting this pandemic that nobody knew anything. We are two years later. We know about the lying about the whole thing. But back then, people were at home, locked down, masked, feared. And all of a sudden, this coming on them. At the same time, people losing jobs. People cannot go even shop for food because of fear of the COVID. So a lot of things fall on the plate of people. So it's not only, uh, you know, people were afraid to uh, voice uh, their concern. People were just starting also to discover what's happening because the kids were on Zoom. Right. Kids were doing learning. Uh, so we really have to look at what happened at that point in time when this exploded on the scene uh, with the issue of the COVID, with the violence on the street. The fear was real. Is it going to come to my home? And not knowing exactly what's happening. So when I launched the movement and I knew nothing about CRT, I knew nothing really about sexualizing our kids, I was on a very steep learning curve to get the information and share it, get the information and share it. So people were starting to learn more and more about what's happening. And by educating the public about what's happening, by exposing what's happening, to act like you did with uh, a FOA in, obviously in Maine, it's F-O-A-A, uh, to the FOA or in general FOAs around the country, uh, people started to wake up. The fact that they woke up still doesn't mean that they were ready to fight because they are afraid. Uh, yeah, so- and I think I think some of the I think some of it too. To be honest with you, Elena, is it's uh, it's overwhelming. You know, it's hard enough to be a parent and hold down a job, and then you've got COVID, and then you've got the threats, and then you've got the you know teacher issues. Now you have hypersexualization, critical pedagogy, the whole gamut. And they keep changing the goalposts. They keep changing the definitions. The nomenclature is changing every day. It's, you know, LGBTQ, one, two, three, ABC, ampersand, minus, dollar sign, whatever it is. And it is overwhelming, right? And so one of the things, you know, again, you mentioned cancel culture, you know, and this is sort of self-imposed, but you recently tweeted at No Left Turn Elena how the NEA, the National Education Association, a.k.a. the Evil Teachers Union, is looking to scrub the word mother from their contract language and replace it with birthing parents. I mean, like what planet are we living on right now? Uh, Marxist. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? 
Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Is that familiar? Yeah, when you actually savor the sacred relationship between a mother and a father, and the child, because uh, remember, the mother is the birthing person and the father is the non-birthing person. It's just that Josh Moore from the street that was sitting next to that woman that that baby came out of her belly. Uh, this is insanity. This is really the uh, action of uh, uh, people who think that it's their kids, not the kids of the parents that are loving him, her and uh, raising them. Uh, that's what happens in uh, communist society. The kids don't belong to the parents. The state decides what life this kid is living. And in fact, along this line, if you go, for example, on the website of CDC and look at their program that they started in 2014 called Whole School, Whole Child, Whole Community, and if you also go even back a little bit further uh, to the Obama Secretary of Education in 2009, I forgot his name, I think something like Arden, uh, who came up with the whole concept of community schools. And now what we are going to be facing, uh, go to the uh, website of the superintendent. They call it Learning 2025. All of them are talking about the same thing which relates exactly to that concept of birthing parents or birthing and then birthing parents or person. The child belongs to them. They will take care of the child from the time they wake up until they go to sleep. They're basically like a boarding school just offering the, or, or some type of an inn that's offering them just a bed and a shower because they're talking about providing all services to kids from healthcare, nutrition, extracurricular activities, the kids come to the school in the morning and leave uh, in the evening to go home. Um, unfortunately, the people that fall for this kind of concept are the most vulnerable and marginalized people in society, the poor, because the government comes to those people and tell them that they're offering them all these wonderful things that's going to help their children and provide them the, all the things that they need to help them grow healthy. And in fact, they are hijacking their kids and indoctrinating them and ripping them off their parents. And they're severing their this really sacred relationship between parents and children. Yeah. This is scary. This is really the agenda. And one of the things I want to warn people about, uh, I think, we have to realize this is really the government who are creating problems and then coming with government solutions. 
to those problems. Uh, for example, all the way they've been treating the COVID in the school with a uh, mask, with a uh, distance, with um, uh, distance learning. When I say, you know, keeping and the, the whatever glasses they put between kids, all this traumatized kids uh, for, for over two years, traumatized kids in a major way. At the same time, you know, the content of the learning, the sexualizing kids coming to a four-year-old and tell them the doctor had to guess your sex and really, it's, and many times they make mistakes. So you can decide if you're a boy or a girl. And they are celebrating anybody who does not, is not a cisgender. Right. Which, means, <laughs> which is a, it's know, a ridiculous term even to even describe, you know, cisgender, but it's basically, I, I'm an actual man, so I'm a, I think it's called a cis man. Is that actually right? It's confusing. Right. <laughs> or uh, the way uh, your actual biological sex is consistent, congruent. Right. With <laughs> Instead of just your, saying I'm a dude. <laughs> so you were born a boy and you think that you're a boy. You think that you're a boy. And you want to be a boy. That means this is a cisgender child. It's insane. So, <laughs> all this, you know, uh, they're, so they're starting creating the problems in their minds and their hearts. They're confusing the kids. They're brainwashing them, telling a white child that they are oppressor and privileged while telling a black child or a child of color that they are, unless you're Asian, uh, that you're oppressed or and a victim. Well, it's interesting you say that, and, and I and I saw, and this is kind of a, a two-part story here, but I saw a tweet, you mentioned like communism, Marxism, um, the, the government takeover, and I saw a tweet where you said you had spoken to a private school parent who said, I came to this country escaping the very fear of retaliation that now my own child feels, and with that, I spoke to a similar parent in my previous hometown of Cumberland, Maine, uh, her and her daughter from Ukraine. And uh, her daughter's been bullied and physically attacked unmercifully in the school because she was too white, Elena, if you can believe that. And she told me the last two years here in the state of Maine in a little town like Cumberland have been the worst two years of their lives. I mean, can you believe, um, you know, in coming from uh, Ukraine to Maine and, and now having it even worse than when you were in Ukraine? I mean, can you believe that? In Maine, very, you know, the image of Maine, of a peaceful, um, you know, community kind of a, a state, um, very tight, very respectful, very relaxed. And, and look, it's happening, as I said, it's happening, uh, it's happening definitely everywhere. Yeah, you know, the biggest fighters um, here on our side are definitely people who came from countries that experienced communism. They identified it, identified right away. They, they see it. They don't, it's not the writing on the walls. It's really what it is. All this kind of uh, uh, indoctrination uh, is very familiar to them from the places that they flew in. They came to the home of the free. And the home of the free is not free. Right. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's sad. It's so sad. But, I mean, <laughs> What I want really people to get out of this podcast is really hope. Because we're talking about problems. But we are not only fighting, we are also winning. And we have made in those two years that we have been uh, rising up and facing uh, the people who really want to poison our kids and destroy our country. Uh, instead of, you know, if you don't like it, go. 
you have Venezuela, you know, you have Cuba, you have China, nobody stops you, you can go. If you think that those are the utopia that you would like to uh, live in, nobody stops you. However, we are here to stay and we are fighting and we are winning. Uh, yes, neighboring to you, right? Not far from you, Rhode Island. We had a, a recent win when Rhode Island and Massachusetts were the two last states that still on the book, uh, teachers can have sexual relationships with students 14 years old and older, and older. And guess what? We were able to scrap it from the book. Our chapter leader collaborated with another organization and they fought very hard and persistent and it just happened last month. Well, that's awesome. That, that, I, I actually just had Ramona Bessinger on my uh, podcast the other day. And also mm-hmm. um, uh, I've had uh, uh, Nicole Solis, Nicole Solis, who's uh, just a warrior. Down there. Yeah. Did Nicole talk about this? Yeah. Um, we, that was beforehand. She was on uh, back in April. So I think it was before the uh, legal uh, fight had begun. I highly recommend you talk to our chapter leader, Lori, there, who will tell you all the details. It's very, very inspiring and encouraging. And she can talk about the different kind of steps and action that she took to reach this day. So it's really a big celebration. Uh, we have stories from, uh, for example, Wisconsin. Uh, Wisconsin, our chapter leader, Ali, uh, she was exposing books. She was going to uh, the school board meeting, and she was meeting with the uh, superintendent school board and showing them the kind of books that are found in the school library. Uh, guess what? It didn't take long. The school board hired an outside lawyer, and they served her with season deceit. Wow. To intimidate her and to ask her to retract all the statements she made and uh, denying that this kind of things has been happening. Well, we are fighting, as I said, and we are also winning. So we had Will, Wisconsin Institute for Law and Liberty, helped her, stood by her, and of course, with our collaboration. And they sent a letter back to that lawyer and the school board, and they retracted. They, retra- so, they retracted their letter that sent was sent to the completely, chapter head. Completely. Wow, that's great. That's another win. We have in uh, with, uh, in Missouri, I'll give another example for uh, from Missouri that was also received uh, uh, major national and local uh, media attention where our chapter leader helping people in over 70 school boards uh, around the state. One of the parents, before going to present to a school board, shared with him the uh, manual uh, for the school before school starts. And as you looked at the manual, it found out that there is a policy that that school board adopted. It talks about teachers, psychologists, and school t- staff having private conversations with children in the, in the school about academics, about sex, sexual, their sexual preference or sexual life, and uh, about uh, racial issues and not allowing parents uh, to be part of it, meaning to keep it private from parents, to initiate it as well as conduct it privately with students without the knowledge of parents. And if parents want to join the conversation, 
they are not allowed. He, then he dug into that and found out that, in fact, more than half of the school boards in Missouri adopted this policy. This policy was drafted, was actually recommended by the uh, Missouri uh, School Board Association, and more than 250 school boards in Missouri decided to adopt it. And that's how we found out about it. He that's right the same, away, same situation yeah. here in uh, in Gorham, Maine. I had a parent send out a FOA request and got some information back from the actual principal in middle school, and they said, unless your student wants us to tell you, we won't tell the parent. Well, uh, in this case, they would not yet. They are completely hiding the information. They do not. And the thing is that even if the parents want to join the conversation, they would not allow it. So uh, here we went to the attorney general. Uh, he met with the attorney general, represented it to attorney general. I also contacted the Lions Defending Freedom, and they're working with the attorney general as well uh, to, to see what's really happening there and to stop it. Um, so that's, that, those are kind of, we have to be very optimistic that uh, we, this kind of fight can be won. And I believe it can be won for two major reasons. One reason is that we are the great, great majority. I believe from the very beginning, when I was by myself screaming about this issue, that no more, I barely 5% of the people in this country are pushing this kind of ideology on the majority, which is at least 95%. I agree. And, you know, I want to tell you a story that just yesterday, our chapter leader, a phenomenal chapter leader, Andy Wells in Missouri, told me. Um, he was uh, uh, attending, um, presenting at a meeting in Ohio, and when he was coming back at the airport, there was a, uh, a woman, uh, a black woman wearing um, a Black Lives Matter shirt. And he sat next door, and they were chatting, you know, two nice people chatting together. And he asked her about, um, you know, Black Lives Matter, if uh, she knows what's happening, um, what is being taught at the school uh, in, uh, with Black Lives Matter. And she, she didn't know. She had no idea. He opened his phone and he took her to their website and he said, that's what our kids are learning in school with the Black Lives Matter curriculum, because there is a Black Lives Matter curriculum in school. If you go to, to the NEA website, you'll see BLM curriculum in school. Uh, she was shocked. This was completely opposing all her values and the kind of education she wants for her kids. And she said that she's keeping that website on her phone and she's going to go and show to all her friends that that's what she's going. She wants to take, to take off her shirt right there at the airport. <laughs> I'm going to burn that shirt. Because yeah. people don't realize that she said, I saw that Black Lives Matter are helping children. They are helping, you know, actually what they are selling in public uh, to people um, that really the lie they're selling to people in public. Oh, it's the greatest, it's the greatest marketing scheme in the history of the world. I completely agree with you. I completely agree with you. That's why those leaders are having several houses, each one worth several million dollars from the money that was donated by those big tech, big corporations that are, you know, kind of paying money to the mob. That's the way I always saw it. Why everybody wondering. Why Amazon and why Microsoft and why, you know, all those big techs and big, why are they giving money 
to BLM in the millions, in the tens of millions. And I don't think it's necessarily ideolo- ideology. I don't know, maybe, uh, you know, uh, Jobs' ex-wife, ideologically she agreed with them. I, I have no idea because she showered them with the tens of millions of dollars. But uh, I'm thinking about the others. It's like, uh, you know, in the 30s with a mob. You pay the mob so they keep, you know. Yeah, you're, it's basically a Tony Soprano shakedown where these big companies like Coca-Cola, instead of standing up and saying, nah, I'm not going to let you influence me, they, they can't deal with it. So they pay and they do also the dance and show about having the I person in their company and having uh, them go to training and telling them that you white people are racist and bigots and you know white privilege and all that this nonsense. So you know it's pennies for them. You pay even pay ten million dollars to a BLM and they will leave you, you know. Uh, yeah, they'll they give you protection on. basically from not you know lighting your business on fire. Absolutely. That's the way I saw it all along because it's really, there's no way to explain it because I have a hard time to believing all those companies that are benefiting from the, the amazement of the economy of this uh, capitalist country, you know, but this is not a crude capitalism, but it's a healthy capitalism with free market and free competition and people aspire to do better. And with that aspiration, they're actually improving the life of many people uh, instead of sticking them in poverty uh, with like the socialist country and ripping them off their dignity and their livelihood. Uh, I-, I have a hard time to believe that all those people are doing this because they really believe in this, this poison. Uh, because, you know, their kids are safe. They're not going to let their kids drink from that Kool-Aid. Yeah, and, and most of these kids in these uh, big companies, they're going to private school. They're not going to the public schools where the problem is. But you have to be careful with private school. You know that. Yeah, no, I'm hearing that a lot more often too. Unfortunately. Yeah, private schools are many times worse than public schools, which we got to indoctrination. In fact, you know, I'll share with you one of the mothers that had three kids in a Episcopalian academy uh, right here outside Philadelphia. Uh, she's one of the first person also to contact me back in 2020. And uh, she told me she had a hypothesis or a theory about why it's so bad there. She said, you know, in the academy it started in 2015 and they lost a lot of kids because of that. Uh, you know, what saved them was the COVID saved them because parents, uh, they offered in-person school and many public school, obviously all public school were uh, only distance learning. So, uh, that was really a good chance for private school to, to get students because parents needed, you know, to find a place for them to do in learning, uh, learning in person. Uh, and she said, here's an hypothesis. And that hypothesis was, you know, those kids that go to those elite private schools end up also in the Ivy League school. And those kids coming out of the Ivy League school often becoming the leaders of our country. So there was a target, she feels there was a targeted effort by those people who want to transform our country to go to a private school and instill their ideology in those elite private schools so they can rip off the uh, fruits of the indoctrination uh, years later after they go also to Ivy League uh, you know, universities and come out 
uh, in becoming the leader to uh, and yeah. you see that people of our leaders that they really believe in that ideology. Yeah, we've and even seen up here. Uh, unfortunately, I know a mom who pulled her kid out of a Christian school here in Maine because of indoctrination. I mean, uh, actually, I think it was a Catholic school. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know what? Catholic, Christian, Episcopalian doesn't matter. Uh, I said from the beginning to find a school, any school that is not engaged, heavy duty in any of those indoctrination is like, uh, you know, you have to take a tweezer and uh, find those, uh, those schools because it's so widespread. It's so deeply ingrained uh, that it's really... Um, yeah, it's a follow the money. It's a follow the money scenario, just like everything else. I'm, I'm a big advocate of homeschooling. Um, if my kids were younger, I would have yanked them out and homeschooled them. I would have figured out a way. And I tell every parent that I talk to, you have one more month to put your kids before the fall starts, <laughs> like make a plan. Well, I'll tell you what, um, we moved after I discovered what's happening. I moved our kids to a private school, actually religious school, Jewish religious school. And I pulled them out. We are homeschooling them. We're starting to homeschool my kids. Awesome. Not an easy decision because, you know, I work 24 seven. However, uh, we felt that we really, we don't have in the Philadelphia, greater Philadelphia area. There are no really options that we are comfortable with that are clean of indoctrination. Uh, so it is challenging, but that's the other thing I wanted to share. And I think this is very important to know. Um, a lot of kids, a lot of families pulling their kids out of um, public schools. The data shows that in 2021, yeah, you know, there were over 2 million kids that left public schools around the country. Uh, in every, it's happening in every state, and the options are starting to pop up, meaning there are more and more uh, people that are finding alternatives and creating alternatives. A uh, week and a half ago, I spoke at uh, in in suburb of Philadelphia also at an event where uh, the person who organized it is has been a teacher in public schools and private schools, and now. She's going to be a teacher in one of those alternatives called called Exxon, Exxon Academy. It's in many places around the country. Those are micro schools. And she brought to that meeting several heads of such schools. One of them just started a year ago. It's a Christian school with 12 kids. Another one started um, two years ago. They have 40 kids now. Uh, another one started, uh, I think, uh, four years ago. They had 200 kids. So those options are starting to pop up more and more as more kids leaving uh, public school and there are other private schools that are indoctrinating, as well as more good teachers who do not want to go along with the indoctrination are leaving the school. Definitely. So if you go to those alternative schools, you're going to find top-notch teachers because those are the teachers who did not want to indoctrinate your kids in the public schools or in the private schools, and I still love to teach, love kids, and they're finding those options. So there is hope, as I said, I really want your audience to understand. There is hope because the more we fight, the more we change. And um, and, in, uh, and in fact, I want to talk about another example from our chapter in Kentucky. I'm giving you examples from different chapters to show you that action is happening across the country. In Kentucky, our chapter leader, Beanie, whom you know well, uh, Sean, and maybe you should have her also to talk about uh, that program. Um, 
a pastor in a low-income neighborhood, uh, I would say at least 99% black, uh, probably, um, approached her. And this just past year, this, uh, the parents were very frustrated with uh, the school, the uh, really failing school that the kids are attending. So the pastor opened a classical education school in the church. Our Bini volunteers to teach us civics every week. So uh, this school has been very successful, and we are also trying to help them raise money to support uh, the education of the children. BLM, should, instead of sending money to BLM, send money to that wonderful Christian school who have 100% minority kids, most of them are black, trying to get the best education, and they're getting the best education without uh, the indoctrination. So here are a lot of examples that are coming up, and this is one thing that our movement is going to start offering uh, on our website and in other ways, sharing with parents the options that you have uh, as an alternative. One more thing I'll mention to you because there is election there today in Arizona. We all uh, probably heard, if not, you should know, uh, about the bill that was signed by the governor of Arizona recently, uh, offering school choice to all the kids in America, uh, to all the kids in Arizona. And this is one of the, one of the goals of our movement, uh, to make sure that we have full school choice for all the kids in, in America. And in that bill, uh, actually every parent can take the money and use it, the money instead of going to a public school automatically, taking it and using it with any other options for school that they feel is best for their own children. And uh, today there is an election in uh, Arizona and uh, our friend, uh, Shiri Sapir, is running for superintendent of public instruction. And we very much hope that he's gonna win uh, because uh, unless we get also elected officials in the different positions uh, to uh, really support the communities and their wishes rather than having uh, politicians and school, um, you know, and, and teachers unions and Soros as his friend that are jamming into our throats, all those kind of candidates that allow criminals to, uh, uh, you know, to roam our streets and control our lives as well as uh, our schools. It's crazy. Um, kind of as we finish up, Alina, um, how do people get in contact with you and the organization? Um, contacting us is through our website at noleftturn.us, noleftturn.us. And please be kind. Go to our donate page. Give us $5, $10, whatever you can, so we can keep the good fight. We can have more wins around the country, as well as in Maine. Uh, another way is uh, Facebook. We have uh, chapters all over the country. You can join the Facebook of your state. And some states we have multiple uh, Facebook pages. So find your uh, community on Facebook with No Left Turn in Education. On Facebook, it's No Left Turn in Education. On the website is noleftturn.us. And then uh, No Left Turn Elena on Twitter. Correct. No Left Turn on Twitter, on Parler, on whatever other social media. Uh, we have a lot of good people active on uh, social media. So I don't have to spend all my time on social media, but rather coming up with programs that we can uh, really continue the fight and continue to have wins 
one at a time, but we're going to continue to have wins. Yeah, I think that positive message is outstanding, and I really appreciate you sharing that with the listeners. And uh, I thank you for your time. Thank you, Sean. Always good talking with you, and we'll keep working together and fighting together. Absolutely. Hold on. I'll put you on hold here in just a second. All right. That was uh, that was pretty good. We just had a, a fairly lengthy conversation off air uh, and uh, won't won't share a whole lot of that. But uh, we might be doing some collaboration in the future. And uh, I really, uh, you know, Elena, I love Elena. She's she's uh, so passionate about what she does. And um, I think she was right on spot on. You know, we need to success, uh, we need to uh, really look at some of these successes that we've had, you know, realizing that for decades, this indoctrination has seeped into these government-run schools, the incrementalism was working great. They just unfortunately turned the button up to 11. We figured out what was going on, and then all of a sudden it was game on. And, uh, you know, Elena, just like me, just like uh, other folks I've had on the podcast, you know, we're making this stuff up as we go, and uh, we're doing the best we can, and uh, we are, you know, not trained for confrontational politics, but that's the world we're living in now. And one of the things I do with Main First Project is train folks how to be uh, essentially, you know, fight in this confrontational politics world and become an advocate or an activist, depending on how you want to phrase it. Um, and uh, it's important because if we don't have Elena's in every town in Maine and in every town in the United States, then the left wins and the children lose and our country will be lost. So again, I appreciate you listening and uh, hope you enjoy the day. And like I said, we're going to be probably kicking this out on a Wednesday or Thursday, uh, but uh, it all will sound the same, hopefully, at the end of the day. All right, that was Shine Down. This was the Main Source of Truth podcast. Search for the show on Facebook and give us a like. I've been your host, Sean McBriarty. Follow me on Twitter, Truth Social, and YouTube. We're working hard to keep the truth alive, and we'd love to have you donate at Give, Send, Go, slash Sean McBriarty, PayPal, or Venmo. I hope you enjoyed the show. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.